I want to start with posing the question, sorry, uh, is Jewishness a race or religious identity? And uh, I'll try to uh, answer this with the next uh, couple of slides. And uh, of course, I will be open to question at the end of this uh, session. Uh, I will start with what uh, Joseph Jacob says, the remarkable unity of resemblance among Jews, even in different climes, seems to imply a common descent. And this was posed more than 100 years ago. So in this realm, we, on um, a couple of decades, uh, trying to figure out what are the Jews, where are they, where they're located, what is the genomic background. And there's a, a numerous study that has been done on this Jewish uh, um, genome, and uh, one of them done on the Y chromosome. Uh, and what they found out is that the Jewish are located between, I'm talking about genetic uh, uh, background, they're located between the European, North African, and are most similar to the Middle Eastern. This uh, project was done by Hammer et al. and published in 2000. What we said in our, in our study of Jewish Hapnab, we tried to uh, take it on to the genome level. Y chromosome, it's only one chromosome out of 23 of them. And we said, okay, we want to see it in more accurate way and look on the whole genome and find out if we have the same results or we have some different one. Uh, our, the Jewish Atma project is a combined efforts of four distinguished institutions. The leader one is from NYU led by Perry Oster. Um, we have from Einstein, Colombia and Sheba de la Shumir. Uh, our goal in our Jewish heart map is first to develop a Jewish heart map and we all already have more than 17 population uh, around the Jewish population around the world uh, including Ashkenazi, Syrian, Iraqi and furthermore. Uh, the second uh, goal of this uh, uh, study is to develop Jewish copy number polymorphism maps. I will uh, elaborate on this more later. Uh, to analyze lineage informative haplotype, I won't discuss it today, and analyze for evidence of bottleneck and selection. This is just a term of gene population genetic. I will again elaborate on this more during my talk. So we started with seven group of Jewish population that represent three major stream in Jewishness, or Jewish group. One is the Ashkenazim, the Ashkenazim, one is Faradim, and this we pick three groups, Italian, Greeks, and Turks. And And one is Middle Eastern, which is the Iraqi, Iranian, and Syrian. Uh, I want to uh, uh, step uh, aside and just uh, mention and do some introduction slide. And here I want to uh, present what's so-called bottleneck or founder effect. Let's say we have an island. We have food, we have stream, it's behind, you don't see it, but it's behind the, uh, the tree there. So then a couple come to this place, 
and want to establish a family population, whatever, they have enough food, they have water, and nobody bothered them. So, in the first generation, you can see that, and you look at the offspring, everything that you see in the offspring, you can trace back to their parents. So what you can see in your eyes, the same thing apply to the genetic, which you don't see. So every genetic component that those kids have can be traced back to their parents. This applies for third, fourth, sixth, and even ten generations. So after, even after ten generations, you can still see people around and you see some very distinguished uh, uh, phenotype or the way you see the, the trait. And you say, oh, this is from our old great-great-father or mother, so you are from him. The same thing applies for genetics, although you don't see it. This is called bottleneck. We are all familiar with the, uh, this bottleneck uh, uh, process in the Ashkenazi Jew and what is, uh, is represented. In the 15th century, the Ashkenazi Jews people shrank into a couple of tens of thousands of people. 400 years later, they grew up to a couple of million people. So from a narrow, very narrow founder, uh, population, they grew up to a very big population. So if you remember the island that I just showed you, it means we can trace back genetic component there are part or was from the founder of those guys. Another thing that we need to keep in mind is that at the 17th century, sorry, 17th century all the Jews were expelled to a, a separate place or isolated place which called the Pale of Settlement where they married between them each other, didn't let non-Jew come in. So basically it's the same model of the island that we just saw and it's a little bit bigger. Again, make it the perfect population to do genetic study. Now, like, let's take it a step farther. The same apply what we just saw for Ashkenazi Jew. We can apply for all those components or all those group of Jews around the world. Each group uh, create their own island or their own uh, population. And by this we can give for those things or for those population advantage by saying, okay, those are isolated population, it makes, makes them best model or best population to learn from. And this is the reason of the HapMap. What we want in the HapMap is to create a standard genome. Those are all normal Jew, normal, I'm saying, without disease, and they are pretty young, unrelated, and from different places around the world. Another thing that you need to keep in mind is each uh, person in, let's say, the Iraqi population has four grandfathers that are Iraqis. If it's Syrian, four grandparents that are Syrian. So basically we're not analyzing the guy today, 
we analyze the guy's two generation. And again, the reason of the hot map is to create a standard genome for Syria, for Ashkenaz, for Italy, in each place like this, then you can look at the outpopulation, the non-Jew, and build on it and see if there are differences and then associate it with disease that we, uh, we saw in, see in this population. So as I said, we started with seven groups. We use a technology that's available to us today, and you see this is a quarter. A chip this size contains two million points on the genome. Those two million points on the genome can help, on, help us understand what's going on on this genome. Okay? Sorry. We use the, what we have from the, we analyze those uh, in this information and compare them into two independent groups. Just for your information, if you find some genetic in, uh, in, uh, interested genetic component in your gene or in your population, it's not good until you replicate it in different or independent other population. For this, we use those two um, uh, group population, non-Jews. We analyzed data from close to 240 people, 40 or between 35 to 40 people for each group that we mentioned that I mentioned earlier, and did the analysis. I. Earlier I said that we have 2 million points, but in this case we use only 160,000 uh, points in order to make it even to the other two populations that I mentioned. And from now on, when you see this uh, square or title or anything, this is the take-home message. So, Jewish Hapma project population were compared to two reference population, HTTP and PopRes. This and that. And this is to make stronger our finding, to replicate it in the in independent population. So, everyone knows statistical is uh, genetic and in challenges, and we have in our genome close to 3 billion letters and each one has information, so it's challenge where to start. But thanks God we have this chip which allowed us to do our research in much easier way. We started with uh, principal component analysis. Don't uh, intimidate by the words. Just look at the picture, I think, and they uh, represent what we want to say, what I want to say. So. On the, re on the global level, what we see is that the Jews create their own cluster here. Those are South African, North African, Pakistan, and Native American. When we move into regional level, you see that there are differences between the Jewish group. Either if you come from Iran, or from Iraq, or from Syria, and here are the Italian and the Ashkenaz. So, 
again from this uh, thing on the global level the Jews create their own Jewishness cluster and on the regional level they each group create its, its own cluster another nice picture again don't be intimidated by the uh, type of analysis that we did but what you see in this picture is to try to ask the question how many genome we can identify in a person, in a group, in a population. So we start with two genome, then three, four, five, and six, and seven. You can see from the blue here, the blue is the European one, okay? The pink is the Middle Eastern one. The red are the Jew and the green is Pakistan, Hazara and Kalash. Yellow it's um, Africa. So we can see on, on, on uh, the K6 that we have Middle Eastern okay and on, uh, on K7 which is said when we ask if there uh, if there are close to seven genome involved in each subject in each group, we see the Jewish component, which is the red one. So again, the take-home message is Jewish population demonstrate high degree of European admixture, the blue one here, here, and here. Sometimes it goes to 40% of the genome. Um, uh, some of Middle, East, Middle Eastern uh, ancestry, it's the purple one, and some of Jewishness, which is the red one. Then we pose the question, are Jews genetically closer to each other than non-Jews? So in the previous slide, we saw that the Jews create their own cluster. The question is how they are far or uh, related from the non-Jew around them. And for this we use another uh, statistical approach which calls IBD. Again, don't be intimidated from the word, I will explain it later. Uh, what is identical by descent and how it can assess genetic relatedness? Um, this is a cartoon which explains both IBD and it goes by, let's say, by genomic uh, structure. So if we have, sorry, if we have father and mother, each one donate either A, B, or C, D. If we look at the offspring and we see that one is A, C and one is B, D, we say this is IBD zero because there is no identity, right? If we go for second set and we see that they both, the, sibling, the offspring has one A that we that inherit from the father, then it's RBD1. If we can identify that they have the same letter that got either from the father and the mother, but they are the same, then RBD2. They are completely identical. Okay? Another cartoon to explain this. So let's say our DNA is a string in the length of the in the length of two meter. Okay, one long string. If we are, this, sorry, 
Here we here is the person, okay? If we had monozygote twin, we all know they are the same. So both of them has the same genetic information, the whole thing. Then we go to sib. We know that if you are a sibling of somebody, you have at least 50% identity in the genetic term. We can go farther for first cousin, second cousin, third cousin, and etc. And you can see how much it dilutes the, um, identical, the identity between the genomes. And the interesting part here, when we go to the fifth cousin, which is close to 2%, so if you meet two Jews in random, you walk in the street of New York, and you see two people, if they are Jews, they will share close to 3% of their genome. If, for instance, you take non-Jew in this case, they will share 0.3 or 0.5. However, and this is important, the sharing is not the same place on the genome. You can share this region, you can say this region between population, there is no region that goes all the way for all Jews. So there is no Jewish genome or Jewish gene. They share more information, genetic information, but it's not uh, the same gene. Okay? Important. Uh, so we use another technique, another way to analyze, it's called FST, and again, if you have small number, you're more alike, you're more identical. So when you can see that Jews between themselves are very alike. When you compare Jews to Israeli non-Jew, and this contains the Druze, Palestinian, and Bedouin, you see they are less alike than the Jews, but they're more like than the Euro, European one. This is when you use FST. When you look at IBD, now it's the opposite. The greater number, the more relatedness between the people. You can see that the Israel non-Jew and the European flipped. You see that the European in the IBD analysis are more uh, close to the Jews than the Israeli non-Jews. The question is why? Again, forward you to the take-home message. Jews are genetically closer to each other than the non-Jews. Or here. Europeans are more identical by descent to Jews due to high, high admixture at the beginning of the first millennium. And to explain to you this, it will take me at least 10 minutes, which I don't have the time. The same thing apply, and when you look how much they share between each other. So if you do, let's say, Iraqi to Iranian, Iraqi to Jews, uh, to Ashkenazi, Italian to Ashkenazi, and, and, and etc. If you do this pair analysis between group, you see that the Jews between themselves share much more information than the blue one, which is Jew to non-Jew, and the yellow one, which is non-Jew to non-Jew. 
all the red one is much, much, much more sharing in the, between the Jews. Jews share more genome segment between themselves compared to Jews versus non-Jews and among group of non-Jews. Another way, and this is a, a, another way to see it, but here I want to point out another thing that we see in the genome is if we look at ancient people, Asian people, uh, meaning Asian group that wasn't uh, uh, affected by admixture with population, they left more intact in the in the sense of uh, migration, admixture, or whatever population genetic you think of or selection, and you see that there is more longer segment. Remember, we have a DNA of two meter long. And if we check between ourselves and other Jews, we see some similarity. So they share more similarity between themselves. Uh, groups that belong to this pattern are indicated as ancient population. Among them is the Iraqi and the Iranian. We have another pattern, which is called B. And this goes for more younger population. They didn't establish this um, sharing, long sharing, because they are too young to create this. If they will stay long time enough, they will come into the A uh, paradigm. And finally, it's what's happened with the Ashkenazi Jew. Remember, we started my I start my presentation with saying they suffer from a bottleneck. This rapid decay say there is some genetic catastrophe that this population suffered from. So we read from the bottom. Pattern A is indicative of ancient population. Pattern B is indicative of more recent population. And pattern C indicative of demographic miracle, which comes from a very narrow stem of founder population. They grew up into a couple of tens of million people. So we next, <coughs> sorry, we next ask the question, can a geographical distance define genetics disparate? And what we see is, yeah, it is. Meaning the far you are, the far a genetic, the more genetic distal you are. And just for uh, example, if you have, if you compare between the Iranian and the Ashkenazi, it's close to 2,500 miles apart, and they are more distinct, meaning separate in, in genetic terms. And if you are close, like the Turks and the Greeks, or, uh, each one of them are Jews, it's around 1,000 miles, and you see how low is the number. So the conclusion drawn from this uh, uh, results are the genetic distance between Jewish population correspond to the geographic distance between them. For example, the farther the population are, the more genetically dispersed. Finally, we ask the question, can IBD serve as a tool to assess events in history? In order to do so, uh, we create another tool, statistical tool, 
which simulate when was the separation between groups. We took from one side the Italian Jews, and from the other side we, we took the Iraqi and the Iranian, and asked when the split occurred. What you can see from this simulation is some times like 100 generations ago. If we know generation is 25 here, it's dated back to 2500, which is close to the time when was the destruction of the first temple. So the separation between the Iraqi and the Iranian and the Italian Jew occurred 2500 years ago uh, after the destruction of the first temple. This is an example that genetic information can support um, history event. So to conclude, Jewish population from distinct cluster with a share Middle Eastern, understanding viable high degree of European admixture. Remember the uh, figure with the genome? Remember the figure with that we saw those genome nice they divided? We saw the blue and the and the purple and the pink and the red. Uh, two major groups, Middle Eastern Jews and European Syrian Jews, are identified reflecting a divided Okar over 2,500 years ago. This was the last slide. Southern European population shown the greatest proximity to Ashkenazi, Haradic and Italian Jews reflecting large-scale Southern European conversion and admixture, known to have an occur 2,000 years ago, uh, around the destruction of the Second, second Temple. And a part of Ashkenazi Jewish ancestral component was observed at uh, the sixth, you know, remember the uh, genome that we look at, that was present in some European and Israeli non-Jewish group reflecting gene flow, the blue component that we saw in this image, um, in this slide. The rapid decay of IBD indicated severe bottleneck followed by expansion in the Ashkenazi Jewish population. And this is what we saw, remember the two patterns that I showed and the last one was rapid decay. Again, um, it, this is a story, and again, of, of, of a historic event where the Ashkenazi uh, Jew or Jewry start from very narrow founder of tens of thousands of people and grew up after 400 years into a couple of million people. With this, I want to acknowledge the people who support Harry Osser, which is the leader of this Hatma project, and he's will the um, near we say the Ruachachaya, I don't know how you say it in English, probably the viable spirit or something. Um, Li Hao, it's the post, uh, postdoc of uh, Harry that did the, uh, the analysis here. Edward, Ed, Ed Burns, which will be the moderator of the next session, from Einstein, it's a pair from Colombia, Ethan Friedman from Shiva Tel and the participant and the foundation. Thank you.